Hello and welcome back, Century Baseball Podcast. Today we're recapping the wild wild card weekend just happened, just ended. Chicken Coop, what's up? Let's get right into it. And we're live, which is great. My camera cannot keep freezing, or else I'm gonna actually kill myself. Anyway, welcome to Century Baseball Podcast. Today we're going to be recapping what happened. I'm going to move this tab over here real quick. Today we're going to be recapping what happened. Philly's gone next round. No way. It was a crazy, crazy game. I mean, Padres, they just beat out the Mets like just now. So decided to hop on here real quick. Maybe 30 minutes. We're going to recap everything. So, everything that happened in the wild card round, pretty much going to be getting right into it. I probably should cut the music, but probably going to be getting right into it. You're at the Cardinals game yesterday. <laughs> the Cardinals suck. Well, I discussed on the uh, video earlier today of how they can get better. So, make sure you go check that one out. With that being said, I think that we should go ahead and get right in to our first recap. Day one. Crazy day. The Guardians and the Rays had a pitcher's duel. McClanahan versus Bieber. And Bieber gets the win. McClanahan goes 7. 7.2. He allows 3 hits, a run, a walk, and 8 Ks. He was dominant, but let that one run. Excuse me, that's Bieber. Seven innings, seven hits, two runs, five Ks for McClanahan. Clevenger comes in and relieves him. Not a lot of hits going on for the Rays, Guardians. They end up getting a huge two-run shot from Jose Ramirez. And that ends up being the difference in the game. Ginormous by Jose Ramirez. Later in the day, the Phillies and Cardinals squared off for game number one. And this one was a wild one. Cardinals, they go go up two to nothing on a Juan Yepes go ahead two run home run late in the game. Looks lifeless for the Phillies. Six runs in the ninth, including a two run go ahead two run single by Gene Segura, gave the Phillies the win in game one. And game one gives you just a ginormous advantage going into game two if you can get the win because all the momentum's on your side. Zach Wheeler, he shoves 6.1, two hits, no runs, four Ks. For the Cardinals, Quintana, their starter, he also shoved. Two hits, no runs, one walk, three Ks for him. Just not a lot of offense was going for them. You got the Juan Yepes pinch hit home run. That's about it. That really went there for the Cardinals. Later in the day, yes, even later in the day, the Mariners and Blue Jays squared off for a game one. Mariners take it for nothing. Luis Castillo absolutely shoves. 7.1, 6 hits, no runs, no walks, and 5 strikeouts for Luis Castillo. On the other side, it was Alec Manoa. He went 5.2, 4 hits, 4 runs, a walk, 4 Ks. He actually mostly was early in the game where he was struggling. And that's really what killed him. He allows that home run to rally. The two-run shot to rally. 
and the Mariners, they end up picking up a game one win. Then a stunner, Mad Max on the bump for the Mets. He comes out. He starts to struggle. He allows four home runs, gets booed off the field. And the Padres take it seven to nothing in that one. Profar has a home run for himself. Grisham has a home run for himself. Machado joins the home run parade. Josh Bell joins the home run parade. Huge for the Padres. As for the Mets, they get an Eduardo Escobar. That's about it. Not a lot of offense for the Mets. A whole series. That was day one. That was just a the wild insanity of day number one in the MLB playoffs. That's it. I'm going to unplug, replug this real quick. That was just one day of insanity in the MLB playoffs. Day two comes. And to be honest, things might actually get even crazier when it comes to this. Guardians raise. Guardians are up one game to zero. Long story short, we go to 15 innings and Oscar Gonzalez hits our walk-off home run for the Guardians. They take it one to nothing in 15. The Rays really emptied the tank. They bring in Kluber, really risking it there because if they end up winning that game, then they're dry some starting pitching. But it doesn't work out for them anyway. Kevin Cash, very early exit for him and his Rays. But... Guardians, strong series win. They go on to play the Yankees in the divisional round starting on Tuesday. The next game that we have, the Mariners and Blue Jays hooked up for game two. Felix, what is up? Huge, huge offensive outburst by the Blue Jays early on in this one. Robbie Ray. Coming back to Toronto for the first time since getting the big contract. He goes three innings, six hits, four runs, four Ks. Was not efficient at all whatsoever. He looks pretty bad. Obviously, he got taken out pretty early on. Gossman looked really good early. He got into the sixth. Through five, he was good. Into the sixth, five hits, four runs, a walk, seven Ks. He allowed four runs in that sixth inning. So, that's what you have to say to that. That's when the Mariners get back in this game. Because it was 8-1 to one at one point. Mariners come all the way back. They win it 10-9. to nine. J.P. Crawford, game-tying, three-run double. Carlos Santana, three-run home run. Monstrous plays here in the playoffs for those guys in particular. And the Mariners, they go on to face their division rivals, the Astros, in the ALDS on Tuesday. Padres and Mets, this is a big one for the Mets, because if they lose, they're going home. Well, they get a 7-3 victory. It's DeGrom Day, and he he looked okay for them. He actually looked pretty strong. Six innings, five hits, two runs, two walks, eight Ks for him. Diaz comes in as well, looks solid. Adovino, he goes one inning. He also lets a run. But overall, the pitching looks pretty solid for the Mets. Snell goes 3.1, four hits, two runs. Six walks, though, for Snell. That's a big number. Five Ks as well for Blake Snell in this one. 
On the Mets side, you had Nimmo had a big day, three for four, a walk, and an RBI. Other guys, McNeil had a big two-run home run. Eduardo Escobar, Darren Ruff gets a walk. Tomas Nito with a hit and a walk as well. So the Mets force a game three. The only game three we would have all weekend because the Phillies head into St. Louis. The Chicken Coop 16 was there in the flesh. Phillies take it two to nothing. Bryce Harper, early home run, puts the Phillies up one nothing. Kyle Schwarber with a sack fly. Alec Bohm defensively was a mastermind out there had a phenomenal play to rob an extra base hit away from nolan arenado that would have probably driven in a run down the left field line with the weak arm that kyle schwarber has but aaron nola he shoved again 6.2 four hits no runs one walk six k's alvarado comes in shuts it down sir anthony dominguez comes in shuts it down zach eflin got a little bit shaky but he shuts it down for the Cardinals, or for the Phillies, excuse me, against the Cardinals. Overall, Harper has two hits. Alec Bohm has a solid day. One for two, a run, and two walks. He got intentionally walked as well. You were booing Bryce Harper. That's tough. That's, that's tough. Yeah, exactly, Felix. Tell him. For the Cardinals... Pujols and Molina, probably their last game. They both get base hits on their last at-bats, or what is likely to be their last at-bats. They have not officially reti- uh, retired, I don't think. Like, officially, officially, but probably their last at-bats. They both get base hits in that one. One more game to go over. It was the Padres and the Mets hooking up for game number three. Just finished a few minutes ago. It's all Padres. Joe Musgrove and the pitching staff of the Padres allow one hit and one walk. That is it. Musgrove, seven innings, one hit, no runs, one walk, five Ks. Suarez and Hayter, both perfect. Three strikeouts combined for those two. The Padres shove. Soto, two hits, two RBIs in this one. Machado. He has an RBI on two hits. Bell has a hit. Ha-Sung Kim with maybe the most interesting day you could possibly have as a hitter. 0 for, th- 0 for 1, 3 runs because he had 3 walks. Trent Grisham, 2 for 2, a run, a walk, and an RBI. Austin Nola, 2 for 3, 2 RBIs as well. Let me stop. I went to this Phillies game, bases loaded, swung at first pitch, got out. Then when runners were on second, they struck out. Yeah, that's tough. I mean, Harper does do that sometimes, to be fair. But, guys, that is the games. Now, I want to talk about a couple different things. I want to talk about the tweaks that I think the teams that are still in it should make to their lineups. And then I want to... Talk about the teams that got out. And I did do this for everything else in my other videos that I've done um, today and yesterday. But let's first talk about the Guardians. They move on. They throw Bieber the first game. They throw McKenzie the second game. They're not at a point where they need to rush back those guys because they still have Quantrill Plesak that they can throw. So Quantrill's probably going to get to start game one in the DS against the Yankees, probably against Garrett Cole. And then you could go... Plesak if you want, but you could rush it to Bieber on four days rest if you really want to. 
I personally would probably throw in a different starter. I'd throw Plesak on game two. That way you have your guys. You have Bieber and then you have McKenzie to go for games three and four. One or two of those, excuse me, both of those would be at home once again for you. And I think that the Yankees are running into a tough matchup from themselves against the Guardians. I think that the Guardians are the one, the one team that matches up really well against the Yankees. The Yankees pitching, what are they? The one thing that they're built to do is rely on the strikeout. Garrett Cole, big strikeout guy. Nasty Nestor, big strikeout guy. Even Frankie Montas, generally a pretty big strikeout guy. Uh, the Guardians don't strike out pretty much ever. Like, a lot of their guys just don't strike out. It's a tough matchup for them, and the Guardians are so good defensively. And the Yankees actually were underrated defensively this year, but overall, Guardians are better there's obviously more pop on the Yankees, so that's going to give them an edge because anything can happen just like that. Judge, Stanton, LeMahieu, anybody that's in that lineup, they can go yard. Ramirez, Naylor, those are really the only two guys I have confidence in really being able to hit a home run in a big situation like that. That's the only problem I think the Guardians have running into it. Overall, I like the matchup for the Guardians. Another team that moves on, the Phillies. They throw Wheeler and then they throw Nola, games one and two which means they're probably going to throw Ranger Suarez game three. Now, if you don't go Ranger Suarez because he has some experience from the bullpen and you want to keep him as a piggyback, then you can go Cindergaard game three. You can throw Suarez in there if he needs someone to pick him up afterward. So you start off with Cindergaard. And if he can give you four or five, then you can go Suarez after that. So it really depends on who you what you think. Phillies play the Braves coming up and the DS that starts Tuesday. They have a one o'clock game. We will be right here live streaming it for you starting at that one o'clock window. As for the lineup, I did say some tweaks I would make to their overall hitting lineup. I think that they need to get Reese Hoskins out of the two slot. He has not been performing and they need to put him into an RBI spot because the number two he's at right now, Schwarber's a three true outcome guy, homer walk strikeout. Not a great place for Hoskins. Move Hoskins down to five. Castellanos back to six. So here's how it should look. Schwarber, I think Bohm should move up to the two. Keep Romuto at the threes hole. And then Harper is going to go at the four. Hoskins, Castellanos. And then you could go whoever's playing center field, Marsh revealing. It depends on who's pitching, righty or lefty. Then you go Segura. And then you go Bryson Stott in the nine. I really like it that way because Stott's kind of like your second leadoff guy in the nine hole. That's really the only tweaks I would make. They threw Alvarado uh, both games. They threw Eflin both games. So you're taxing your bullpen quite a bit. But with the two days rest, I think it's going to be okay. You can throw Alvarado again. Sir Anthony got the playoff experience under his belt. So if they really need to turn to Sir Anthony, they can do that as well. Eflin as the closer, very great idea. Love it for him. He's He was a starter, for those of you who did not know. And got a big contract with the Phillies. His future is going to be probably as a starter, maybe as a long reliever. It depends for those guys like who don't go deep into the game, like a Gibson, if they bring him back. Probably won't, but someone who they bring in. But regardless, the Phillies, that's the only tweaks they need to make. They're in for a great one against the Braves. Because people say like, oh, the Braves are obviously better. Phillies and the Braves have pretty much played 500 ball against each other the last like four years. So... It's been tight. It's been very, very, very tight. It's going to be a great series. Can't wait for the Phillies to play 
in Philadelphia when they do. So that'll be great. Series starts Tuesday. The Another team that won was the Mariners. They threw Castillo the first game, Ray the second game. They have two other very, very good pitchers that they can throw. So more than likely, I think that they should go with Gilbert to start Gilbert to start game one of the DS against the Astros, probably against Verlander. And then I think that after that, they have Chris Flexen. So you can throw Flexen on game two. That gives your pitchers the full five days rest. That gives you Luis Castillo after that. But actually, that would give you six days rest because you have the off day to go back. So it would give you a six days rest of your pitching. It depends if you trust Chris Flexen or not. So you your options are four days rest, six days rest. Now, the Phillies are in a bit of a predicament because Nola threw on four days rest this past time. So they probably need to give him the extra time now. But Mariners have options. They can throw Gilbert and they go back to Castillo. And then they could go all the way through it again. And if they want to throw Flexen in for a start here or there, then they can do that. No, I don't see any changes they need to make to the lineup. Looks pretty good to me. I like Raleigh in the cleanup as well. The other team that moved on, the Padres. Oh, yes. Okay, so they throw Darvish game one. Yesterday, they throw Snell. Today, they throw Musgrove, which means they're probably going to have Clevenger start game one of the DS. And you're in a bit of a predicament now because you don't get this extra off day. You didn't take the first two games. So you're going to have to throw somebody game two to give the full, to more than likely give the full rest. So first game, you have Clevenger. And you've got you to gotta think of somebody in that rotation who's going to be able to come in. Maybe someone from the bullpen, like a long reliever, who can come in, give you a start. If not, throw Darvish game two. You'll probably be completely fine. Everybody on four days rest. That pitching staff has been dealing. Bullpen will be well rested. They only had to throw two guys today. Suarez to um, Hader, and overall, they look pretty good. The lineup, I think it's good. I think the only thing they might want to start to do is bring Grisham up the lineup a little bit, but if you want to move him back even more, too, you I, I don't think the spot he's in is great. I think he should move back a little bit or up a little bit, but that's about it. They look very, very solid. Soto at the two spot, followed by Machado, followed by Bell. That's dangerous. The only thing maybe... The only tweak maybe that you make is you go Bell in the two because he hasn't been the great. He hasn't been the greatest with the Padres. So you go Bell at the two, Soto at the three because Soto's not a cleanup guy. And then you go Machado cleanup because he's someone who fits the cleanup guy. So... That's the only tweak maybe you make if you're the Padres, but that's really about it. So, As for the teams that were eliminated, the Rays, what's their direction? They need to just start spending money. I know it's not their thing, but they need to try to go out, get some kind of free agent. They brought in Kluber. I liked that. Do something like that. Pepper something, some kind of move in there. Sprinkle a move in there that's going to help your club be successful because you have probably the best manager in baseball, maybe the second best to Francona. But not a ton you need to do. I would say just go out, start spending money a little bit. Have 
an, an average payroll. That's all I ask of the Rays. The Cardinals, I talked about this a little bit. The only hole in their roster right now is going to be a catcher because of the loss of Molina. And that was already kind of a, a hole because he was not good this year, to be fair. He's like a 550 OPS guy. So Wilson Contreras is a free agent coming up this year. He's a guy you definitely... He's a guy that you definitely could go after if you're the Cardinals. The other guy I brought up was trading for a guy like Travis Darno because the Braves have uh William Contreras now and he's probably the he's the future he's the future of um he's the future of the catching position in Atlanta, excuse me. So Darno is probably expendable if you're the Braves and you can you can definitely um bear to lose Darno. Now someone in the chat says you guys need a shortstop. You don't need a shortstop cuz you guys got Edmund is good, okay? Edmund, look at it. I know war is not everything, but Edmund was one of the best players when it comes to war. He's a scrappy little player. He's a phenomenal player to have at that nine spot. Who would you rather have at shortstop? Because he's so good defensively, so versatile. And then you have this young, these young guys, Brendan Donovan, Nolan Gorman. They can both play second base. So you have options there. Outfield is set. If you can play Juan Yepes in the outfield, I think you're set in right field. Carlson, Nootbaar, they can switch left and center. Maybe an outfielder is something that they want to go get, though, because they don't like Yepes in the in the outfield. They want him to DH, which is definitely, it's definitely a possibility because Pools is now gone. They don't have a DH, so they could probably rotate that. Yepes, yeah, it, you know the deal. The NLDH, people rotating it, that kind of thing. Um. Other than that, I thought about their pitching rotation. It's completely fine if you think about it. Flaherty, if they can bring back Quintana. I don't know if Quintana has a year left on his deal yet or not. Um, Montgomery, I believe, does. So you go Flaherty, Quintana, Montgomery, um, and then who did I say? You have Mats on the team, and then you have one other guy that I'm completely forgetting right now. Michaelis, that's five. That is five bona fide starters right there. The loss of Wainwright, if they lose him, it's not like it's hurting them a ton. You want to kick somebody to the pen like a Michaelis? It's completely fine. You do you. And then you can go out and get a starting pitcher if you really, really want him. But I think they're set there. Bullpen is pretty good. They brought back Gallegos in that two-year deal. So I think their bullpen is nice. It's just pretty much a catcher. I mean... If they have a catcher in those spots to hit, other than Molina, they're probably we're probably talking about a different story right now, because Molina came up in some clutch situations where they needed him to be clutch, but he was not. Good point. They're probably gonna DFA Paul DeYoung. Probably, it's a good point. The next team that lost, we're gonna go to the Jays. Um, I said this earlier. Only thing they need to get is bullpen help. Barrios is not going to have another down year like this. Their rotation's fine. Offense is obviously fine. Maybe they try to go find a second baseman. Espinal was good, though. He's an all-star this year. So maybe they try out with Espinal. Merrifield, I don't know. Do they bring him back? Do they bring back Merrifield? I'm not sure. But second base might be the only other thing. Romano back into the bullpen. They just need some middle relievers right now, some setup men. And the Mets. DeGrom, I think he's gone, man. I think he's definitely gone. He kind of hinted at it. 
So DeGrom might be a goner. So at that point, you need to go out. And Bassett's probably going to go sign a big contract too. So you probably need to go out and get some starting pitching if you're the Mets. It's probably their big thing. And Cohen's going to spend money, you know. And maybe you – I know they brought – they got <laughs> Marte and Canna last year. Nimmo's another free agent. Maybe you have to go out and get another outfielder or something like that because – you know, they brought in these guys for, like, the situational hitting. Naquin, they brought in Ruff, they brought in Vogelback, and they didn't really perform. And that's one of the big reasons why they're out now. Their bullpen was, the back end of their bullpen's obviously great with Diaz. Lugo was good. May was not as good this year. So, mid-relief pitching might be the only other thing they need. May, I believe, is a free agent as well. So... And Lugo as well, actually. So they need to go out and, I mean, bullpen contracts are obviously always short, but they need to go re rejuvenate their bullpen. That's the other thing they need to do. I believe that's all the teams. So I think we're going to wrap it up here. I only wanted to hop on for about 30 minutes or so. So thank you guys for watching or listening if you're on the podcast side of things. We will see you guys Tuesday when we live stream the Phillies and Braves at 1 o'clock Eastern time. I will see you guys then. Peace out. Aaron Judge is going to sign with the 